Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're known for being polite, so we give you a chance to talk too. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit Superbook.com. Alicata back on the fan. 877-337-6666 is the number to call. Whatever's on your mind on this Wednesday morning while you were sleeping, we started the show talking about the Mets and simply just not being good enough. Whether it's Max Scherzer, who we have legitimate concerns about, whether it is the offense that has now been shut out two straight games, 20 innings without scoring a run. I mean, this is a team, remember last year they did not lose their first series until May 15th. Mid-May was when this Mets team lost their first series. Now, all it took was the second series of the year. They get blasted by the Brewers two straight games, 10 nothing, and then 9 nothing last night. It just can't happen. It's unacceptable. Lindor has been awful. Alonzo has been awful. Really, nobody in the lineup has been consistent to start this young season. And I know it's early. We don't want to overreact to just six games. However... There were concerns about this team coming into the year, the way that they were built, which was the same exact way it was last year, which didn't work. I was always for building a team around dominant starting pitching, top-heavy starting pitching. Don't need five aces, but you need one or two. So I was always for that. And then last year we saw it play out where the Mets had their pitching healthy and lined up, or at least these guys took the mound, you know, we know Scherzer turned out to be not 100% healthy, but who knows anymore with him, the way he's pitched here even this year. But they had it lined up the way that they wanted. DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett. And we know what happened in Atlanta. They got swept. They had it lined up that same exact way in the postseason. Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett for the wild uh, for the wild card round. And they got beat. It made me think that, you know what, you can't invest that much in the top of the rotation because you're spending so much in just one or two guys instead of building a balanced team, a more potent lineup that can overcome some of the other areas of deficiency. And maybe you could get a pitcher that can give you six solid innings and, and rely on the bullpen. And the Mets could do that a lot cheaper than paying over $40 million a year for Scherzer and Verlander, who Verlander's on the IL, of course, to start the year. And Scherzer not very good in his first two starts. Okay in start one and awful in start two. It's a problem with the philosophy and the way they built the team, and they only have two 
star bats. I mean, I like Nemo and I like Marte, but you get the point. Lindor and Alonzo, they are going to go as those guys go. So if there were question marks about the way this team was built coming into the year and knowing that the offense was a little thin, now watching it play out and doing something that they didn't do all of last year already as far as losing a series and being non-competitive, forget about just losing the series. When have Buck Showalter's Mets been non-competitive? In a game, let alone two straight games. Anyway, that was the story for the Mets from the Yankees side of things. It was Volpe with a little bit of a miscue defensively that cost the Yankees, ended up costing them a couple of runs. Uh, You can look at Josh Donaldson, chance to tie the game in the final at bat, coming up as the tying run. I would not have pinch hit. I know we were talking about maybe pinch hitting Anthony Rizzo for him in that spot. I would not have done that. If you want Donaldson to get going and give him confidence, Boone believes Donaldson, or in his words, J.D., is going to have a big bounce back year. you got to let him hit there. Now, we all know he's terrible, but the Yankees are rolling with Josh Donaldson, and if they're going to start the year with uh, with Donaldson on the team, he's got to hit in that spot. He didn't get the job done, much like Aaron Hicks, who got booed by Yankee fans. You know, Yankees sent out a weak lineup. What do you expect is going to happen? They have four hits. Uh, the score, the only run of the game uh, from their uh, standpoint or from uh, you know their side in the ninth inning with a home run by DJ LeMayu, but the Phillies get their first one of the year beating Domingo Herman in the process 4-1. So for the Yanks, not a big deal. They'll go out there, try to win that series today in the rubber game. They have Garrett Cole on the mound facing Aaron Nola before the Yankees hit the road for the first time this year. The Mets will be looking to avoid the sweep this afternoon in Milwaukee as they send David Peterson to the mound versus Corbin Burns. So the Mets and Yankees have been the focal point. The pitch clock has also been a main topic of conversation. Mike is calling from Long Beach. What's on your mind, Mike? Hey, Sal. How you doing tonight? Great, Mike. How are you? Yeah, a couple of things I wanted to bring up. First of all, I have mixed feelings about the pitch clock. I think it's great that it has shortened the game a little bit and but, you know, because I started watching baseball back in the mid-60s, and that's what games lasted. They lasted two hours and 10 minutes, two hours and 15 minutes. So it's good to see that it's in that type of mode again. So, but uh, And the second thing I wanted to, to bring up was that uh, Forbes magazine just had the Yankees rated at, what, $7.2 billion. Hmm. which is $2.5 billion more than the second-place team, which happens to be the Dodgers. Now, that being said, why in the world the Yankees still have IKF, Aaron Hicks, and Josh Donaldson still on the team when they can just easily remove those contracts? Well, I mean, look, you can't just start taking players off because they don't perform for one year or for a few games. You know, you, you can't get rid of everybody. Aaron Hicks is a different story than, say, Josh Donaldson. I don't think I would have made the Josh Donaldson trade. We've talked about that at the time where I thought Cashman got suckered into that one. He bit, and it's been a disaster. But Aaron Hicks is a different story. He has underperformed for quite some time now. It's time to cut bait with Aaron Hicks. The other guys, you know, with IKF, he's going to be a bench player until they can move him. You know, just going to get rid of him who might have some value. Why did they resign him? Well, he's under contract. You're talking about IKF? No, they resigned him this year, this past, over the past offseason. They gave him a $6 million deal. IKF, they were, he was under contract. Was he not, Fleets? What's the status with IKF? Uh, I I thought he was already under, under contract here. I don't think the Yankees went out of their way to re-sign him and bring him back, did they? 
Yeah, yeah, he might have been tendered a contract. He was not a free agent, though. Well, whatever anyway, it was, I guess. Go ahead. No, no, I, I'm saying anyway, it's semantics. It doesn't really matter. But, uh, yeah, they avoided arbitration. He was under contract, IKF. So it wasn't like he was a free agent. The Yanks were like, oh, we have to have him back. Let's give him money. They traded for him. He was under contract, so they avoided arbitration with that contract. He's a player that's going to maybe have more value elsewhere on the Yankees. He's not going to cut it because he's not going to be starting. So he could be a, they're trying to make him more of a utility guy clearly by having him play in the outfield a little bit. And he could be an okay bench player. But they made a mistake trading for IKF last year as their starting shortstop. They made a mistake trading for Josh Donaldson, and now they're doubling down on Donaldson. And well, wasn't Hicks that part of the deal, IKF with Donaldson? Didn't that come together? Right, but I'm saying there there were separate, yes, but for separate reasons, right? They wanted IKF to be their shortstop. Wrong. They thought Josh Donaldson was going to be an impact bat still. Wrong. So they made two mistakes in the one deal. Okay, but I still don't understand why then you bring him back. Well, because, they're on, again, they're under contract, Mike, and thank you for the call. They're under contract. That's why they brought him back. They're not with Donaldson. At some point, they may get to the realization. You know, what's he getting? Twenty six million bucks a year, or something like that. At some point, they'll come to the realization if Donaldson struggles again that they're going to have to move on from him. They either just cut him or stick him to the bench. They have enough depth. That time is not going to be five games into the year. They're going to wait a little bit. They'll give him some some wiggle room. Boone himself said it on Talking Yanks on the podcast with John Boy and Jake that they that he believes JD Josh Donaldson is going to have a big bounce back year, so he's going to get some run here. We all realize it was a big mistake. The Yankees are going to be last to the party on that one, and maybe we're wrong. Maybe they're right. We'll see. But what will happen is he's going to start to be moved down the order if he continues to struggle. Eventually, he'll be moved out of the lineup. They're not going to roll with him the entire year. You wouldn't think if he's struggling. Especially if they're losing because of it. With IKF, he's a bench player. There's value there. Maybe, Like I said, maybe more for another team if the Yankees could find a trade partner for him. He's not a true outfielder. You know, he was disappointing at short. He was a gold glover at third the year before they got him, though. So maybe he could go somewhere else. And he's an okay offensive player. You know, bottom of the order type contact slash spark type guy. Hicks, they need to move on from. It's over for Aaron Hicks for multiple reasons. He's now unhappy and frustrated. He's complaining about not getting enough playing time. Then he gets the playing time, and he knows he's got to produce, and he doesn't produce. Now he's feeling the booze. Like, like It's over with Hicks. We've beaten the dead horse with Aaron Hicks. It's time to move on. The other two, a little more time. Jerry calling from Patchaw. Good morning, Jerry. Hey, Sal. How are you? Long time. Good, Jerry. First time caller. Well, thank you for taking uh, the Hicks. time to call. Yeah, so first of all, Hicks is a bum. 100% agree. <laughs> Got to go. That's it. Um, but before I get into my question about the pitch clock, the maintenance there, I couldn't agree with you more. It, you know, really, it's ridiculous. The weekends are way too short. But Right? You know, just because we bit- always get something to do. You got to go food shopping or mow the lawn or take care of your car. or like they, they, We need a maintenance day here. There's not enough time during the week, during the work week, to get it done. And on the weekend, you want to enjoy yourself. How are we supposed to maintain? 100%, but I'm going to help you out a little bit, though. All right? You got to get rid of the house, number one. That's got to go. That live fine. where, exactly? Get a condo or a townhouse. There's plenty of nice places out in Suffolk County to raise your family. No problem. Get rid of the house. That's got to go. You don't want to mow your lawn, shovel, do the bushes. That's out. 
Then right, one worry day, about worry about problems, this and that, whatever it is, may be. Always, I mean, it, yeah. A house is just one big problem. It's just one yeah. problem after another. Yeah. Where were all you guys before I bought the house? Before that, it's, <laughs> oh, you got to buy a house. Oh, you got to buy a house. Get married, buy a house. That's what everybody says. <laughs> Uh, those are two. Those are two mistakes. But all right, we'll move You're on. Correct. Can I do so, a two? Can I do a do over on both? No, just kidding. I love you, honey. <laughs> but uh, but I will tell you this though. <laughs> Since you haven't been able to renegotiate your contract and work those four days a week, uh, I'll simplify it for you. First of all, you don't do laundry. You drop that off. Drop off the laundry. <laughs> come pick it up some another time. That's easy, simple. I, I get all my maintenance done in one hour. I order the food to the house on Saturday. Comes when the food gets there, drop off the laundry, get the dry clean, I'm done. That's it. I live in a co-op, all finished. Yeah. Yeah, you're single? <laughs> anyway. Yeah, any any family you're single? I I'm single. Yeah, I, I'm I, single. I know. I know you're single. You're the guy who wants three and a half hour, four hour ball games, like I used to want. You're living the life. <laughs> so here so I'll get into baseball real quick. So the the pitch clock, a couple things. I want your opinion on something too. But I'll tell you this. The I like the pace of the game, great. Where it's really gonna hurt couple things. For you as a Mets fan, I'm a Yankee fan, you as a Mets fan, I think the older pitchers will be affected a little bit. Um, just they're gonna get more they're gonna get tired. It's just it's just they could get fatigued potentially towards the end of the you know end of their pitching and, and didn't well, we've already seen it. Yeah, we've already uh, Car- yeah, uh, Carrasco admitted to it and we've seen it with Scherzer too. I to- totally agree. And the other thing is I think during the playoffs is where we're really gonna miss um you know I like hanging on every pitch in the playoffs. You know, and if we're rushing through that in the playoffs they don't alter that. Now that that to me could be potentially bad for baseball, um, but anyway. But but the, the question I had for you really was, in your opinion, the financial impact on the pitch clock, right? So just concessions and the impact you have inside the stadium, less beers, less dogs, less ice cream, less popcorn, and also just um, from a commercial perspective, right? Less commercials. So I'm just wondering how, what kind of impact they'll have on Major League Baseball unless they feel well, that you know, ratings will go up and they can charge I more don't commercial. Think, yeah, well, that probably will happen. But I don't think, Jerry, and thank you for the call, I don't think you're going to see less commercials. That's not changing. Those times – now, you're talking about, I mean, in-game stuff. They'll just get them in quicker, whether it's in-game reads, whether it's sponsorship, whatever, at the stadiums. like they're, They'll get all that stuff in. That's not getting shortened. The actual on-field product, the game is going to be shortened. Now, the concessions, uh, concession stands, that will be impacted. So do they compensate for that by raising the prices, whatever it is, a buck or two, which will be a lot considering that the concessions are already out of control. You know, Are they going to raise those prices, whether it's for a beer, a hot dog, whatever? Because if... Games are now, let's say, on average, two and a half hours. And I don't know the exact math. The caller called before and said it's shaving 20 minutes off a game. But to me, it seems like it's far significant, uh, far more significant than that. And even if it is just 20 minutes, there are games that you know used to go four hours that are now going two hours and 40 minutes. Let's just say that instead of spending an average of three and a half hours at the ballpark, now you're spending two and a half hours. At the ballpark, or maybe a little bit less. You're talking about 40 minutes an hour less at the ball game, or even if you are at the ball game now, because the action is happening more frequently, maybe you're less likely to get up and 
go buy stuff during the game. Go sit online for 40 minutes. It used to not be a big deal. You go, you know, oh, hey, okay, you find your seat, you sit there for an inning, then you get up and go take a walk, go sit at Shake Shack or wherever you go in Yankee Stadium and get the food. You come back, yeah, it takes you 35 minutes. You, you missed the uh, bottom half of the inning. Now you miss three innings with that. Maybe they open the ballparks earlier, have people get in sooner and go out and get your food before the game while you're watching batting practice. Then you could watch the actual game. That would probably be the best solution as opposed to jacking up the prices, just open the stadium up a little bit earlier. I don't know, but there there are going to be ripple effects from this. There's no doubt about it. And I think it's just a work in progress. We're learning as we go on here. Eric is calling from Ronkonkoma. Good morning, Eric. Good morning, Sal. Well, maybe they just hire more vendors to go up and down the aisles, and this way you could do both. You know, and then you increase the workforce. You know, I mean, it. Uh, yeah, but how are you, you gonna? Know. I mean, unless they have, and I, I gotta check this out of the ball game. And I know certain seats have it where you get the food delivered. But maybe if you could just do like the Uber Eats at a ballpark and have everything delivered, because it's not like yeah, you know, it's great. Well, it's great with the hot dog vendor. Remember, there were reasons why things were the way that they were, right? The stadiums used to be built for fans to go to the ballpark and watch the game. It's that simple. There was a reason for that because it was about the game. There was a reason why vendors came down with beer, with hot dogs, with whatever the other other crap that they're selling, merchandise and all that stuff. They would come to you because you don't want to get up and go to wait online because you're there to watch the game. Now we've evolved to where these stadiums are built for everything other than the game. And now maybe with the quicker game, it's going to be changed back a little bit. But there was a reason why there there wasn't fancy restaurants and a billion different places to get something to eat at the ballpark because it was about the game. And that is why vendors came to you. And while they still have that, it's minimal compared to what it used to be. Right, because it's, it's turned into more of an entertainment event as opposed to uh, the, the game itself. I mean... Well, you know, the look, food is high end stuff. Who who's getting? You know, where's the sushi vendor? Is there a Shake Shack vendor around? Like where they, they, it doesn't happen. These are certain spots you got to get up and walk around and go hang out in, right? As opposed to watching the game, right? And that's something I'm concerned about. Just give me a good hot dog and a drink. I'm good, you know. But uh, you know, but look, I, I think a lot of uh, I I agree to, with what Marco was saying to a certain extent. Uh, as far as the, the time, and personally, I think what they did was, you know, when when they came up with the uh, decision to do the pitch clock, I think the number that they went with for the for the limit for the pitch clock is part of the problem. I, you know, because they, the, uh, which is why I think it feels so rushed. Because you know, going going from nothing to 15 seconds is is a huge change. Um, the, I think the concept of the pitch clock. Is a good idea because if I remember correctly, I do believe they tried to implement them staying in the batter's box, and they really didn't even enforce it right from the beginning. So it just went right by the wayside, which is why I think we ended up where we are now. So you know, um, you bring up a good point. What if they just added five seconds to it? Like, would we would we right, even notice? Right, five ten seconds. Yeah, exactly. Just you know, and and, and then that's how you judge because I, th- I think they went a little too much extreme. Uh, just based on the, you know what I've seen so far, um, you know they they could have done a little bit longer, and then if if they had to tweak it again at that point, but then at least you you can get a 
a better rhythm. I mean, now, now you have people, you know, a week into it, and, and people are out of sorts now because, you know, they're getting – I mean, look, look at, you know, Machado got thrown out of the game the other day at mm. the beginning of the game. I mean, it's just uh, – it is too much stuff happening right from the very beginning. So, um, you know, I they, just they, hate, they, Eric uh, – you're right, and you bring up a good point. I just hate how baseball was the one – timeless sport and now it's become time like come on dude enough well, enough figure it out I, you don't need to do this figure it out i i i understand that very you know i believe me i understand that point but the thing is i think they i think to a certain extent they brought it on themselves because they they for whatever reason decided to do all this other extracurricular activity during the game you know, they, I mean, someone decided to start doing that. It wasn't, I mean, the, uh, whether it was one person and it just kind of grew from there or, or they, they all had to huddle and be like, you know, let, let's, you know, uh, stretch things out a little bit. Uh, somehow it really lengthened, uh, the, the time at, at some point. Well, that, well, know, there are many reasons. There, there are many reasons for it. And I think the number one reason is crappier players. Pitchers that don't belong in the big leagues. Pitchers that can't go more than five innings. Managers changing pitchers every five seconds. All those different things have led to, you know, pitchers don't want to throw strikes. The the pitching changes. Guys who strike out a ton, not putting the ball. Like, there's a million different things. Uh, why baseball became a, a, a less than product. It was not the game that we grew up watching. And now they're trying to adjust to make it more entertaining and better. But I think the beginning of it was because the players just weren't as good. And you can start with the pitchers. Simple as that. Guys come in, they don't throw strikes. Oh. Guys can't can't go more than six innings. If you're, you back in the eighties, yeah, a big part of it was you had one pitcher pitching the majority of the ball game. And now yeah. you have eighteen guys coming into a ball game. Right, and and right, and and uh, you know you could have someone throw. You know, one batter, and then the, the manager decides to take him out for someone else. I mean, you know, e even right. if it's not even justified. I mean, it, it, yes, there's a lot to what really dragged out the game, and, and unfortunately, I think this this is the result of it. But I, I do believe that they can still go backwards a little bit to to find a happy medium. I, I just think uh, I have a feeling that they went a little too drastic the other way and and it's starting to be felt already but uh yeah i and well, i don't, we'll I don't think i don't think yeah i don't think it is going back and thank you eric for the call as always i don't think it is going back i think there'll be some adjustments made but it's not going to go back anytime soon if ever this is probably here to stay and guys are going to have to get adjusted to it. And it may change. I mean, we're seeing it in such a small sample size to start the year. But it may change the way you view certain players or even free agency. Would the Mets have invested $40 million a year in older pitchers knowing that these pitchers are going to have to go out there and throw the ball more frequently you know at a, at a faster pace to where their stamina may come in a question to which it may hurt their velocity a younger guy may be more apt to a deal, to deal with those adjustments better physical condition younger body as opposed to let's say a 38 year old or a 40 year old who 
want to take care of their body and nurture their body and take their time throwing each and every pitch. Not that they're going to sit there for 45 minutes before they throw a pitch, but you know, don't want to feel rushed. And now you have these guys rushed. I mean, Carrasco himself said it. He said it was it was too quick for him. You got to pick up the pace. Or you got to learn to pick up the pace and, and build his stamina. That's a problem for a team like the Mets. You don't think about those things because they weren't a factor when the Mets were making these decisions. Now, if you see it play out, and then you think twice about, hey, you know what? With the new pitch clock, I don't know if I like this guy who's 38 years of age. Is he going to have the stamina to deal with this? Or is he going to become a a four- or five-inning pitcher? And what really will be impactful is when we start seeing injuries because of pitchers who may not be ready, feeling forced or rushed or throwing more often in a shorter time frame, maybe that wear and tear on their arm does does some harm. Maybe in that case, it'll revert a little bit. But all these things are still possible here. We're learning. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And it takes the knee of the New York Giants! the Super Bowl 42 champion. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. They knock off the mighty Patriots 17 to 14. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. 337 going on 5 a.m. The warm-up show with Al and Jerry. We'll take your calls until then. The pitch clock been a hot topic of conversation. John is in Florida. What's on your mind, John? Hey, Sal. How are you, buddy? Good, John. How are you? 
I'm a big fan of yours. I listen to you all the time at night. Thank you. I appreciate that. What do you got for us today? Yeah, no problem. Well, you know, I couldn't agree with you more about this pitch clock thing. I mean, I just think it's – I don't really see how it really helps. Um, I mean, you go to a ball game, you want to sit there and enjoy the game. You know what I mean? Who cares about the clock? I mean, let's just right. play the game the way it always was. And, you know, wh- why make something else happen when you don't need it? You don't need it. You're 100% right. You and Marco Belletti were totally right. Well, they they do they do need to you know as much as I hate the fact that they have to time baseball now they did need something exactly. to change the game and make the game more entertaining make the game more appealing for younger fans I understand that I just don't know if this is the right way to do it and also we're still learning what exactly this is going to do I think a lot of people. And one of my other points is that you're getting the message from the media like, oh, my God, this is the greatest thing ever. They don't care how the game is played necessarily. They just want it done in two hours so they could all go home. So this is still a work in progress here. And I'm not so sure fans love it as much as the media is making it seem the fans love it. Uh, listen, I, I don't I don't like it. I'm not really on board with it. Obviously, I'm going to watch every Met game. I'm a big Mets fan. I'm a former New Yorker. Um, okay. Grew up in Long Island, and um, I'm I'm really not happy with it. I mean, I know they're going to listen but, to me and the key, turn it around. Yeah, <laughs> the key is, John. You you mentioned it, and you and I are in the same boat. That it doesn't matter if we like it or not. We're still going to watch, and they know that. And thank you for the call. We're watching regardless. This is not for us, which is another reason why I'm frustrated by it because nothing is for us anymore. You get past the age of what, 30, 35 maybe? Nothing is for you anymore. It's sad, but it's true. It's for the youth. And they know they have us. We're not going anywhere. We'll be watching the games anyway. And and even if we say, you know, it's not like it's the worst thing. Even though I may not love the pitch clock or feel like the game is being rushed and it bothers me a little bit, it's still not the worst thing. But it's just another thing that's different from the way that we were used to it our whole lives. I mean, think about that. It's not just a pitch clock. It is putting a time on a timeless sport. The beauty of baseball was that it was on time. There is no clock. You don't know how long the game is going to take. And now they have clocked it. Dan is calling from Morristown. Good morning, Dan. Hey, how you doing, Sal? Good, Dan. How are you? Good, good. So I don't mind the the pitch, uh, the clock, but it, like you said, I, it does need to be tweaked. And my thought was this: the game can't be played unless you throw the ball. Uh, so once the pitcher throws the ball, the catcher catches it. From the time the catcher catches it, they got 30 seconds to get it back to the pitcher and throw it again. Who cares what the batter's doing? I I can't stand when a batter steps out of the box, got to play with his hat, play with his gloves, grab himself, look around, step back in. I get they got a routine, but some of this prima donna stuff, that is the crap that extends this game where it doesn't need to be. So pitcher throws the ball. Hey, if you're not in the box, it, that's that's your problem. You got to be ready for the pitcher. 
Well, that's kind of what I was saying before. I don't know if you want to have a time that the batter needs to get from the on-deck circle into the batter's box, but once he's in the box, that's it. You're in the box. Like, stay in the batter's box and get ready for the at-bat. Exactly. Whether you're looking for the pitch or not, it's coming. If you're ready, you're ready. If you're not, it's tough. Right, but I guess that is similar to having the pitch clock anyway. It's just not all on the batter. It's also on the pitcher. Look, I I don't – I mean – the messing around with, like you said, the batter and these uh, idiosyncrasies that they have with the, with the gloves, whatever it is, touching themselves, all that stuff, it is annoying and it is a waste of time. Sitting there thinking, you know, stepping outside the box, walking around, uh, you know, for 30 seconds thinking before they decide to get back in there. Similar to pitchers, I guess, who could do the same thing. I, I don't know. I just, it, it's, I like that they're being forced to do what they have to do, but they shouldn't have to be forced to do that. And I also don't think that the timing is right where maybe even an extra five seconds could make a a big difference to where they still get the pace and the the length of game result that they want, but it also doesn't feel as rushed. Even when the even when the batter is is running to a base and they slide, they they lay there. They're looking for the umpire. They want to say time. They stand up. They got all this gear that they got to take off. Like no, you, you run what you brung. You, you got to the bag. You got to first base, second base, third base. You got to take nothing off. If you didn't bring it with you, or you you know if you brought it with you, that's it stays on you until you get back to home plate or the or the inning is over. Yeah, I don't even think they should be allowed to wear that stuff. And thanks for the call, Dan. Get in there. And go face the music without the the battle armor that these guys go up to the plate with these days. But that's a that's another topic. I, I don't know. Look, it, it is fun discussing this with you guys, but I've gone back and forth with it. And I'm trying to do it from a couple of perspectives. And it's hard because I'm one person. I'm one person who loves baseball but also works in the media. So that's why I say a part of me loves the fact that these games are over in two hours and 20 minutes or two and a half hours or two hours and 40 minutes. Or knowing that like, hey, it may be a long one tonight, maybe three hours. I like knowing that the Yankee game is going to start at 7 and end by 10 o'clock for the most part. There's something enjoyable about that. But when you're watching these games or listening to these games or going to these games... There's also something to be said about it feeling rushed, and it just feels different than it's felt my entire life. And that's, by the way, without even seeing the pitch clock front and center. It's not like I'm watching the pitch clock because we're watching these games, and you don't really see it pop on the screen, and I make a point not to watch it. And as I said earlier, any network that is showing the pitch clock is is making a mistake. And I think they're all doing it, but it's a mistake to me. I don't want to see it. I don't think anybody cares enough to see it. Maybe you want to show it with five seconds left. Maybe. It's not that important that you need to show it. Just let us know if there's a violation. The ump will let us know. Up, oh, up, oh, ball, strike, whatever. Uh, violation. I don't need to see the countdown because how many pitches are thrown in a game that they're going to start the countdown for, right? How many of those will result in actual violations? If there were five violations in a game, that's a lot. And how many pitches are thrown in the game? 300? Right? If you're talking about both sides? Or, you know, whatever, 250? 
So out of those 250 times, let's just say, five times were violations, and you need to show me the clock every time it gets down to 10 seconds? I don't think so. We don't need to see it. It's irrelevant. I get why networks are doing it. It's a mistake. Hopefully they get away from that. And anyway, my point is, even without seeing it front and center, because I'm not focused necessarily on the clock, I feel it. You hear it in the broadcast. Listening to the radio, you hear it. Where there used to just be that that time in between pitcher uh, in between pitches, and now you don't have it. Gino is calling from Levittown. What's up, Gino? Hey, Sal. I just want to tell you, uh, you and your family have a happy holiday. I enjoy your show, and uh, I've been watching baseball since the fifties, Sal. And uh, I like the old time rules and uh, no changes and. Uh, that's the way I think the game should be played. Yeah, well, I mean, look, you're gonna, you're an old school guy, Gino, and thank you for the call and happy holidays to you and your family as well. I mean, I'm not, I'm not gonna, you're not gonna have it go back to the way that it was. So I get that we all think whatever era we grew up watching baseball in was the best. It's not just baseball, everything. Oh, wasn't that the best back then? Yeah, whatever it is, TV shows or games, whatever. It was all the best when you were a kid and you had fond memories of that. Sports not going back, though. Got to evolve. And I'm trying to evolve. And I do think that ultimately this will be good to the sport, but it's nowhere near perfected yet. And I just feel like Manfred throws stuff at the wall and hope it sticks. And then, you know what, during the year, yeah, you know what, we'll change it up a little bit if it doesn't fit. If we can't figure it out or if it's not working properly, we'll figure it out and, and just adjust it change it up and see how that works the fan is better when you're part of it call the fan at 877-337-6666 powered by superbook sports visit superbook.com salicata back on the fan have a few minutes here to finish up get as many calls in as we can for the warm-up show with al and jerry andrew is in carlstadt good morning andrew what's on your mind Hey, good morning, Sal. How are you? Yes, I just want to say, you know, this whole thing with the game being so quick now. You know, I remember as a youngster going with my dad, my uncle, my cousins. It was in a social event. You know, few. You know, you're talking three minimum, three hours. You know, four hours. You know, the game was going to be and how you know we talked and everything like that. Now I just took my you know kids now to the to our you know first game now with this. And I remember I went to the food to go to get some food, came back and. I looked at my daughter. I said, "What? What? What? What is this?" She goes, "Oh, it's the uh, bottom of the half." I go, "We were just at the top of the third. Now it's the bottom." I'm like, "I just missed that." You know, it, that never happened before. You know, you would, you know, it was just more of a, you know, I looked fond on it. It was more to me, you know, as a kid, a social event, hanging out for, you know, the game's at one o'clock. All right, so hopefully it'll be done by four, if not later. And then, you know, those are the memories you have. Now it's rush, 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 and the, and with the pitch clock, I just think like, you know. When you watch it on TV, they have it, they don't have it. And I just think, like, during the playoffs, you know, down the road, they're going to amp it up to where, you know, when you're watching it, oh, look at this. You know, just let, like you said before, and I totally agree, just let us know if it's a violation. That's all. I don't need to see, you know, if I'm home watching it, you know, the clock. But, again, the whole thing is that the, the way the pace moved, I couldn't believe that. I went to get food, and I came back, and I was already in an inning. I, I missed, you know, half an inning. I legit, you know, I mean, Andrew. Me, it was a social it- event. Yeah, I, well, you, well, you're right. It's an escape. You're, it's something to do. And thank you for the call. You're not going out, going somewhere, saying, "Hey, well, I can't wait for this thing to be over." 
Baseball fans don't sit there and watch a game and say, well, I can't wait for this game to end. Let's hope that this one gets done in two hours today. I got stuff to do. You know, you're watching the game. You're, you're, that is the escape. That is what you want to do. Going to it especially. Those are things that you enjoy. And I'll tell you, and I told this story, I think, yesterday or whatever it was, maybe Monday. And, and, and look, part of what made baseball enjoyable is you can have it on in the background, whether it's on TV, whether it's on the radio, and do other things. You know that the game is going to be there to comfort you or aggravate you for three-plus hours while you're grilling in the backyard, while you're mowing the lawn, whatever it is that you're doing. While you're going to run errands, you watch some of the game. Oh, you got to go to the store. Okay, I'll listen to the game on the way to the store. Listen to it coming back. Then come back and watch it. Like, it's just there for you. You don't have to be locked in every second. It's there. Now it's different. Now you do have to be locked in. I legit came downstairs on Sunday and was watching both games, the Mets and the Yankees, and came down for the start of the game, and I wanted to see Kodai Senga and was watching Brito or whatever. And then I figured, all right, Mets are coming up in the top of the third because I want to see Senga. Now's a good time to just run upstairs real quick and get food. I came back down in maybe five minutes, not even. It's not that long. I walk upstairs, throw some food in the microwave. I forget exactly what it was uh, that I ate. Maybe it wasn't even microwavable. I don't know. Whatever. Come downstairs. The half inning is over. I come downstairs to commercial. I'm like, what the hell happened here? The Mets went down that quickly? The answer is yes, they did. It's just a different pace, and as opposed to it being there and being on and being at your pace, just leisurely go about following the game, you now need to be more locked in, and maybe that's good for it in the long term. Hector in Washington Heights. What's up, Hector? What's up, Sal? So I got to say, I'm good. Well, I'm not really good, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, You're talking about the the, the clock and it being on the screen, and I mean, listen, we see it for shot clock and basketball. They put it on the screen. And it that is that's not always a violation when they put it up there. It's so, different. I mean, it's a shot clock's more important. Like I, a shot clock, a, sh- a shot clock is more important. Each possession is more important than the pitch clock. A pitch clock, a potential pitch clock violation. Well, you could argue that it's just as important. It's a violation either way, and depending on the bat, it could be just as important. You know what I'm saying? No, a, a shot clock, a shot clock violation. I mean, maybe if it's two strikes, or maybe if it's a full count, and maybe then it's a, a big difference. But each pitch is not as important as each possession in basketball. A shot clock violation obviously results I mean, in a turnover. I understand what you're saying. I understand what yeah. you're saying. And the finality of what the shotgun violation does, but the pitch clock violation is still important because any pitch can alter on that bat. A one in one count is different than a two in one count, and, and vice versa. So, you know, but listen, the clock definitely needs to be adjusted. I mean, listen, I've been able to fall asleep during games and wake up, and I still got the whole game to watch. Now you fall asleep during the game, and it's over. <laughs> so, it's definitely an adjustment. Um, but it's definitely one. The clock was needed, man, because if I'm not mistaken, there was a time, they, they did try a few years ago to get guys to stay in the box, to try to speed up the game without a clock, and it didn't work. So this is what happened, you know what I'm saying? Now we get this clock, and I, I, listen, I was open to it, but it definitely needs to be adjusted. But Sal, man, it's only six games, and no one's trying to panic. But man, this is frustrating. This is getting frustrating. I went into yesterday's game thinking, okay, here we go. We got our ace on the mound. 
it's not been a losing streak, but let's be a stopper. I think I even mentioned that to you in our call yesterday. And instead, he inflamed this thing. And now he has a lot of us fans a little bit angry, concerned, upset, and probably a little irrational, irrationally so, right? Because it's early. It's only six games. But when you tie it up to the fact that this is pretty much the same team that I don't care what anybody said collapsed last year, yeah, this bothers me. This bothers me. And I don't Well, they didn't. They, they didn't collapse, Hector, and thank you. i got to let you go here because I want to get Mitchell in before we say it, but they did not collapse last year, and I understand that it's frustrating. Mitchell in Fort Lee, what's up, Mitchell? Hey, Sal, good morning. I went to the game uh, Monday night, and unfortunately you couldn't go, but you're talking about the pitch clock. I don't think the pitch clock made a difference. The game didn't end Monday night's game until 10-15. So, again, everyone's complaining about the pitch clock. The game didn't end any shorter. It was it was as long or longer. I mean, yeah, the Yankees did score a lot of runs and everything, and they put they brought in seven pitchers on both teams to go there. But the game didn't go any shorter. But it, you know, Sal, it's it's just that everyone in the stands when we're talking about it, no one likes it. No one likes the pitch clock. No one likes it. They said go back to the old baseball and go enjoy. It. But again, like Sal, you brought up a great point. Why don't they do it like they they did before? If they want to make extra money. Instead of just opening the gates at 5.30 in the, at, at a game, open up at 5 o'clock or 4.30. Let us watch the Yankees do batting practice. Let us then do, watch the visitors do a full batting practice. They'll make their money there, and that'll be fine. But And maybe they the will. And, th- and thank you for the call, Mitchell. And sorry to rush both Mitchell and Hector off, but I wanted to get both of them in because they call all the time, and I know we're just out of time right here. Maybe they will open the gates a little bit earlier. But to your point, Mitchell, I don't think that – Fans love this as much as it seems because the media loves it. And they're making it like it's the greatest thing ever. But the fans are still getting acclimated here and don't necessarily love it as much as the media would make you think because it's not the fans' job. And, Hector, you should be worried about the Mets. Losing 19 nothing combined the last two games, that's ugly. All right, more tomorrow on that. Be back again tomorrow too. Thanks to Fleegs. Good to have him back. On the other side, thanks to everybody who called and listened. Appreciate each and every one of you. See you tomorrow too. The warm-up show with Alan Jerry. That's next. Sports Radio 1019 This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.